Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode contains strong language, adult themes, and enormous opinions. This is a Dave original podcast. Welcome back to the Late Night Match podcast. Yes, we've still got one too, with Jeff Norcott and Olga Koch. This is episode two, so we're a proper podcast now. Tell your friends, enemies, beer-glugging van operators and pashmina-wearing award givers. As you well know, in this show, we take the biggest culture war battles and play them out in front of your very ears. Will Olga and Jeff find anything they can agree about this week, or will it all end in tears? Find out now okay welcome to late night mash podcast episode two i'm jeff norcott i'm here with liberal snowflake olga Koch. yeah when you said it you said it and uh, i just want to say i really enjoyed the first chat really enjoyed it it was very illuminating because we discussed polyamory right yeah and i had all that stuff in my head i went back to my wife and i was explaining it all to her and it was really funny because she sort of looked at me like is he trying to suggest that he wants to and then she went <laughs> Obviously not. He must mean me. I could, <laughs> I could just see her go through a micro calculation of the likelihood, you know. All, the only thing I'd do at this point is take on more of his work. Not I lovers. See. Do you think if you were to become Polly, hmm. who do you think would have a better success rate? Oh, do he, well, obviously. Her. She's a nicer person. Uh, she's, she's more, more organised. Could you just pick up a bloke in a bar and have sex? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Could you get that bloke to call you the following day? Different question. But yeah, she's nice. So yeah. Could you? I don't know, Jeff. Could you? Look, look I couldn't. No. The thing with me is uh, there have been people who have been into me in my life, but it takes a while. Okay. It really does take a while to invest in me. You know. <laughs> I'm that tech that just sits there in the background, bubbling away. You were there all along. Yeah. There's okay. no early adopters with Jeff. <laughs> I think we're both a lot better looking than our names suggest. <laughs> no, I think we both are, right? Because if you look at them on paper, Olga yeah. Cott, no, it's a, it's a, it, look, it's a, it's fine as a name. Jeff Norcott. Yeah. If you hear that out of context, which kind of bloke are you expecting? What am I expecting? Jeff Norcott. Someone much more plain than you. See? 
But that, that, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, what the weird thing about his name is, is that that's also what my dad was called. Really? So it's a really shit name that got given two outings. Not a particularly creative set of parents. No. Give us a name, any name. And they just, just, just looked at name. the only other man in the room. I went <laughs> that again. I, I would have loved to have been like a Steve, you know? You, Steve Sissons. That's a sexy name. I would always rather say Olga just because I'm surprisingly hot for an Olga and I don't want to be disappointingly unattractive for a Belinda. <laughs> so look, we do, you know, politically we're different, but we share sort of like names that suggest low looks expectations <laughs> that we can just about yeah. exceed. The hotness, ugly, ugly name coefficient is high and it's similar. <laughs> the hotness, ugly name coefficient. Can we make that into an acronym? Hum... Humco. Humco. <laughs> What's your humco? <laughs> you humco? Drop it in the columns, yeah. comments below. If you're if you're a Norman Hubbard, is it possible that you could be sexy? Well, we'd sure like to see. Yeah, Norman Hubbard. I mean, imagine if Norman Hubbard was like just a fireman, like cliched. It end up looking like one of the dads in Desperate Housewives. Yeah. What a reference. You know? Okay. One of my friends has maybe the sexiest name I've ever heard. Are you ready? Christopher Player. Isn't that the sexiest name you've ever heard in your life? Sexiest and also like the most predictable character in erotic female fiction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the kind of guy that just gets up and the woman's all like in a mess in the background and he just like combs his hair back and goes, I'll call you when I call you. <laughs> <laughs> So we are discussing today, you, there's a subject that you, you're quite animated about. Yes. And okay. the, the, I believe the formal phrasing of this question is, should yeah. we celebrate bigger bodies? Jeff? No. Well, well, well. Yeah. I reckon we absolutely should. Okay. Should I start, the, should I start my, my opinion? Well, I, I'm right. So it would be better if you sort of tried to sort of at least okay. attempt to persuade me otherwise. I hear your conviction and... I raise you this. Okay. okay. I ge I genuinely do think that they absolutely should be. So mm -hmm. first and foremost, any critique of bigger bodies, any mm. of it, is always rooted in this very, I feel like, disingenuous reasoning, which mm. is, but it's so unhealthy. It's unhealthy to celebrate bigger bodies, which I think is absolutely bullshit because if you were concerned with health, you would be going, going as aggressively after drinkers, smokers. Mm. I don't know, people who have, don't sleep enough. Uh, people, like people <laughs> well, who, That's one incredible group of people to attack. <laughs> You're not getting enough sleep. Have you seen the latest uh, Rod Liddell article? He's, he's gone for insomniacs. Uh, but said, yeah, people, there's always, there's this like, people are completely fine with incredibly thin women eating yeah. fast food. But yet the second you see a bigger body, you, you are put off. And then instead of just examining why is it that you don't like their bodies, you say, yeah. oh, well, I'm just concerned for their health. And it's like, well, you, did, you didn't express this concern when you saw a woman chugging a bottle of wine, did you? No, and there are a lot of calories. Don't get me started on that. That whole thing of women upgrading. When I was a kid, women used to have these nice, modest, ladylike 125 mils of wine. <laughs> And then 175 became the small. Suddenly, they're rocking around these fucking goblets of wine. They're very sugary, all right? They're very, uh, and they get very drunk, the women now. 
Oh, these women, the women, oh, that's a different week though, right? Andy? Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The women are simply too dry. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the women <laughs> are... Jeff Norcott, the women are too no, dry. Of all the subjects we discussed, this is definitely the one I'm going to get in the most trouble of. Let's just be clear about that. So <gasps> I, I, I hear you. I hope you feel heard and seen and not minimised. In any way, but I do think that like there's it's a strange time, isn't it, when these two competing things of obesity epidemic celebrate bigger bodies. It feels like talking about all oh, you know there are benefits to there are benefits to high gas prices. Because, you know, you that'd be a, it'd be a difficult time to have that chat. Don't want to be mean to the big people, but that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Look, being slim. No, I'm not saying being skinny. Skinny is bad. I don't like the skinny ones. Okay, Jeff Norcott, skinny shaming, drunk women. <laughs> a skinny, the, the, if you're drunk and skinny, you're drunk, you're skinny. Please leave the saloon bar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Look, instinctively, when I see skinny, it makes me worried for them, right? Okay. And I am a father now, so okay. I feel those feelings. I see slim's good. Slim is what we slim is what we should always be trying to be, right? Lean. That is the way that the human functions well I, look i am overweight i'm in the, i'm in the lower end of overweight so i class myself in this and i don't think i should be celebrating what this is interesting first of all i mean i don't think it's anybody's business what other people's bodies look like but also just looking at statistics diets don't work shaming people for their bodies when you say diets diets don't, don't work in what kind of diet and in what way i mean all research suggests that any any weight loss through diets targeted yeah. diets is very short term and then you get but reducing calorie intake works right I'm not, I mean, it, they would have to, have to have to be over a very long period of time. Oh, yeah, no, gradual. Yeah, I mean, I'm 100% with you on that. You see these people, right? And they go to you, they go, oh, my God, I found this amazing diet plan. You go, oh, well, I'm already thinking about it in three weeks' time when you fall off the wagon, you know? Because it's just fucking, it's like an economy that's constantly going well, up Well, yeah, and the down. diet industry is harmful in and of itself. It's yeah. it's preying on people's insecurities and it's preying on people's vulnerabilities to say, take this pill or do yeah. this thing or buy this I don't know powdered soup, and there's there's millions of dollars powdered in that. Soup must be. Powdered soup is disgusting. I mean, you, is there an element of self denial that it sounds so bad that you would do it? Because <laughs> you're going, that is so fucking horrible as an idea that that must have good effects. I mean, look, I, I might. Or be is out. it so horrible that idea is like I'd rather not eat than have a powdered soup? That is a very good counterintuitive point. I just think that any any suggestion of mm. any there being a prescriptive body type that people should have or normalized yeah. or say this is the only type that we're celebrated is driving a bunch of people to eating disorders. It came to view that there are like behaviours that we should engage in to reduce pressure on the in the NHS. You know, so do we not just need to treat people like adults and go eating loans makes type 2 diabetes more probable, increases pressure on joints, the heart, all that stuff. So while we don't want to make people feel emotionally bad, we can't deny that there is an optimum sort of weight range where the human body works best. I just feel like any claims around this treat treat overweight people or bigger bodies for some reason like as extremely ignorant, like as if they don't know. Hmm. Like every every time every, the 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 idea that like bullying someone for being fat or just it's I'm just I'm not talking about bullying. I mean, but see, ultimately, that's what it is. It's it, like does it have to be like that? You just say this is the these are the facts. Well, yeah, we had this campaign in this country, right? So what do you do? You got an obesity epidemic. It's going to put increasing amount of pressure on the NHS. What do you do? Do you just go? It's fine. Just carry on. I think you explore go. the root causes of it, and you think, okay, yeah. well, processed foods are cheaper in the supermarket. Or fresh produce isn't as accessible. You, ultimately, you can't stop like you can't intervene in people's lives to the extent that they they no longer make bad choices, right? 
I'll tell you what, some of my bad choices, right? KFC. Mm-hmm. I have KFC in my normal life probably twice a week, right? And well done for – you hid the disgust well. I thought that was brilliant the way you did that. Did, was there, there was a bit of inner judgment, was there? What, KFC twice a week? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't care. Is that okay? <laughs> so, no, no, that's good. That you're genuine, a genuine liberal, right? A genuine liberal. Yeah. But I, I, I once upon so I was in a, a traffic jam for a drive through KFC, which is never okay. Well, now we're now we're starting to judge. Okay, so we that's not a good place to be. It took <laughs> if I'm honest, yeah, I know, but at midnight as well. So that's sad. Is after a gig. Jeff, for you to think that you're entitled to share your opinion on anything after you got into a traffic jam well, at midnight in a but KFC This is the point. I, I, I am arriving at a point here. So I <laughs> I forgot to order the little thing and then got to the window and said to Giza, can I have a two-piece chicken meal? I, I don't go ridiculous. You know, I just want to get a little bit of the 11 herbs and spices. So I get to the window and he says, I can't serve you because you didn't put in the order. And I lost it. I was like, mate, do you, do you know how much money I spend with KFC? I've supported the colonel. For years, you know, <laughs> just let me show you where your share price would be if it wasn't for me being on tour. I got really upset. I drove off in a huff. I always think it's, it's flouncing is funny, generally. Flounced off in my little car. And then thought, I do fucking really want a KFC. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I rejoined the queue. And spent the another, same KFC? Yeah, 15 <gasps> minutes again in the queue. So my point is here is I don't think that's not about society. That's a, I, I was being a dick. I made a bunch of bad choices and then doubled down with another bad choice. And if I don't take ownership of all those bad choices, I can't grow as a person. I have lots to say. Hmm. Um, and I don't feel like I, I, I maybe am professionally psychologically educated enough to diagnose what you what sound like you would you be, and said. I think that's the most important thing. But what I wanted to tell you is my experience with KFC. <laughs> Please, tell because me. first, for, that's the greatest story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> the amount of vulnerability, the way that you were not afraid to share, how how low you sunk. I, it, I didn't realize it was that shameful. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, my instinct was, okay, surely I want the KFC. Keep driving until another KFC because the indignity of seeing that guy again yeah. would just be too much. And the fact that you wanted KFC t- bad, bad enough to be be willing to look him in the eye again, that tells me everything. I should sort of try and pretend to be someone else. just <laughs> with, with a mustache. With my inner vibe. <laughs> like, what's your, what's your a sort of point of entry into the K- murky world of KFC? All right. We, we all have a story. First of all, do you know um, the movie The Founder with, is it Michael? No, who's it? Kevin Klein? No. Michael Keaton? No. I think it's Michael Keaton. Mm. He was Batman and then he was the founder of McDonald's in the movie The Founder. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen it, yeah. Okay, so you know how there's like this legendary story of how he started McDonald's and he was a huge asshole. So we looked up the colonel and he's much worse. He's crazy. He's like shot a man. Um, yeah. And he, he he traveled from city to city. And one of one first of all, one of the times he delivered a baby because there was not there was not a doctor in that in that town, and he was a lawyer, and that was the closest thing <laughs> they could find. <laughs> and then the look of the colonel, he bleached his hair, so mm. like that the, the look was not organic. He does designed it, and after Small. even after he sold KFC, he would walk around in the lab coat so people could recognize him as the colonel. Anyways, there's also a thing called the curse of the colonel, which is there. So you know how in Japan they eat fried chicken on uh, on Christmas. Yeah. Um, one t- so they they are so into KFC that they had a KFC colonel uh, statue in Japan. Mm. And as a joke, one Japanese baseball team put uh, the statue in. They they threw it in the bay in the water. Yeah. And after that, they'd never won a series. And they thought that it was the curse of the colonel. They they got the statue out of the water, put it back up, and still haven't won because he's a vengeful fuck. Well, see, it's interesting. I would have thought the curse of the colonel would just be getting fatter. It certainly has been in my case. 
I was on, doing a road trip of America just mere few months ago, and we were going through Louisville, Kentucky, where the colonel's from. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do they have there? The colonel's grave. So we go to a KFC drive-through, ding, 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 mm. and we ask for the biggest possible bucket with the smallest amount of chicken in it, the Colonel Special. Mm. The, we go there, and we obviously pose at the grave with the big bucket of chicken. Obviously. As you would with yeah. the Colonel's grave. Is that not true? Um, Cursor Colonel got into a car accident immediately after this. That really happened? 100%. You killed Colonel Sanders. Oh. <laughs> If I've read oh, I don't know what the legal team can say to that, but we got into a car accident immediately. Oh, you got into it. We so got Colonel into a car Sanders tried to kill you. Yes, we we got cursed by the colonel because we took flippant photos with a bucket of KFC next to his grave. I can't believe how dumb what I just said was because you said you. Uh, <laughs> we were at his grave, and you're like, you killed the colonel. You, you yeah. <laughs> I killed, and I was so so yeah. indignant. I showed up with the, <laughs> the grave. I did, yeah. I didn't expect you to get triggered by the KFC KFC aspect of this. I tell you. I tell you another thing that, look, and this isn't, you know, this is just me. I, I miss like really hot people in adverts, you know, because they've gone for plus size, which is good in terms of representation. I, I do miss some of the like absolutely smoking hot ones, but progress is progress. Mm-hmm. You just get, you get ripped men all the time now. They haven't changed it with the men, have they? Fucking washboard abs everywhere. There's no I, plus size I men want in dad adverts. Bods. I want a, I want a dad bod in my yogurt advert. What I'll say is, mm. I think that it's a very tempting thing to think what I'm attracted to is an absolute. And I genuinely do think desire is so malleable. And what you think is hot mm. is basically changed based on what you see in the media, right? And everybody talks about how back in the day, I don't know, big ass hair like Marie Antoinette was hot or mm. big boobs were hot or small boobs are hot. Mm. Big butts, everybody made fun of big butts 30 years ago. And yeah. now big butts are all the rage. True. Everybody's getting a BBL. So I don't think that whatever you're attracted to or you find desirable is a constant. I think it changes based on what you see in the media. And it just so happens that you, through your adolescence, the only people you were seeing were big boobs, small butt. And now you think that that's the default. I mean, I, I accept some of what you're saying. When you said it's not a constant, I, I think for me it's very constant. But like, that's based on what you've seen in, in media yeah to, to, it's very arrogant to be like i'm actually pro- pre-programmed genetically to think that xyz well, there are some aspects that you are like you know even with women with long luscious hair that sends out like a biological message doesn't it yeah but then it's like i mean eyeliner or what like blue bright hair eyes bright eyes indicative of health yeah okay sure but the 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 idea of the like grunge chic was very sexy in the 90s it fucking wasn't Heroin chic was. No, no. The media said it was. I was around. Okay. Can I just say women's fashion in the early 90s, absolute sack of shit. Because what's happening like, with the advertising thing is like men, men are getting objectified more and more, you know. And oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. That's terrible. That, but no, it's just, it's not fair. Is it not? That sounded so pathetic when I said it. But it's not. Well, look, I don't, I don't know. I, I've had a life of, as you say, I just wonder for the next generation of lads. They haven't had that. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they might, you might get the first, because you know, okay, a lot of middle-aged women are getting a bit familiar. Can I just say that? Because <laughs> they've been Especially inc- after their small glass of wine. Yeah, well, yeah, well, this is, they have the big goblet of wine. I'm going to say this, this thing, and I've just noticed it creeping up over the last five years is that they're encouraged to be a bit wild, a bit crazy, you know, and a bit flirtatious. Sometimes it goes over the thing. I was, I was presenting a, a corporate award recently. And at the end, you know, you, you give, yeah, it was, it's sort of Colonel Memorial Day. But um, <laughs> you have you have the people stand at either side. So you do the award, you have a photo. I'd say about six women touch my ass in the course what? of that. Yeah, yeah. That's horrific. Yeah, like, 
Yeah, only a couple of them were hot as well, so you know. It must absolutely suck to get sexually harassed in your place of work, Jeff. Yeah, but this. Yeah, well, so I'm so, saying I can take it. Okay, I've had that. You bit. shouldn't have to. I, I don't mind. It's, I just no, it's not. I don't Jeff. mind. I don't care. I don't care. That's the honest truth. I'm just being. I, I don't care because I guess because I'm a bloke. I don't feel under threat in that situation. So it's a different dynamic. What I wonder though is like lads, my son's age. They'll get older and there'll be a different level of, of, of you know male privilege will be a different thing. They might just go no. You know, they might go back the other way. Like when they're doing waiting. Like I see, I see it fucking when I'm out with my female friends. The way they flirt with waiters, it's disgraceful. It is, it's pervy. And they've got no game either. That's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always, it's always going to be a, 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 a tough thing, like with weight. Like I, my way, right? My way, yeah, I'm currently about 13 stone two. Um, like I said, which is the bottom end of overweight. And then but for the last 10 years, I haven't gone between further than 13 stone two and 13 stone six. That's quite weird, isn't it? That's quite a tiny parameter. And there is a part of me that just thinks, maybe I'm supposed to be this way. Yeah. You know? That's most people, though. So that's the liberal part of me. Then the conservative part of me fat shames myself. Fat fuck. I look at myself. When I get up to that 13 stone six, I'm like, you fucking disgrace. What have you done? You've done it again. You've, you've let yourself down. You've let everybody down. Look at your face. You've got no definition in your face. And that helps me improve as a person. <laughs> How psychopathic it sounds. <laughs> but it's just a bit of, you know, it's carrot and stick, isn't it? Sometimes I find myself thinking I'll change Jeff's mind. And then I realize Jeff will change Jeff's mind. <laughs> yeah, you just sit, hang back, hang back. All right, all right. So you, let the, you talk the, in circles. Yeah. Uh, the poster for your Edinburgh show, right? Yeah. You look fantastic on it. Thank you very much. You got your boyfriend's ass out on it. Yeah. So you, you're adver- oh my god, you, you are, you're doing this. You're actually in your actual poster. You're doing the thing that we're talking about. It's my fourth hour. Sex yeah. sells. It's all I can throw at the table. So based on that, you've got a very uh, successful show. The poster looks fantastic. I, what would you? Which aspect of my own? sort of physique would you suggest that I get out there in my next Edinburgh poster? Honestly, if you had a Speedo poster, you would sell out tickets immediately and you know it. You absolutely know it. If you mm. were in a Speedo on your poster, leaning on a car. A nice car. Yeah, greetings from Margate. I don't know. <laughs> you're, tell, you're telling me you wouldn't sell tickets? You'd sell tickets immediately. You'd sell out. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a conclusion here. <laughs> Is the sex sells, but the, I guess... Everyone has their own version of it. Yeah. I don't know if we fully agree on how we deal with the obesity epidemic, but we certainly learned stuff. <laughs> I think the conclusion is take less clothes. Yeah. Everyone just get stuff out. Everyone yeah. get their tits out. Everyone get your dicks out and there will be a market. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Olga. It's Ellie Taylor here. Um, and I'm a huge fan of whatever this is. Well done. Um, I have a question for you. I would like to know um, if you think it's unethical to have a second home. Chew on that, why bloody don't you? Ciao. <laughs> okay, so that was the question from Ellie Taylor, which was, uh, should people allowed to have second homes? It's weird with Ellie, isn't it? Because she's quite left. I, I, I see money when I see her. Do you know what I mean? Is she asking that question morally or because she's looking at a few investments because she's doing all right? <laughs> she's a classic. She's on Strictly now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Netflix. Her, her parenthetical is asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's such an unrealistic question to ask, given how many young people can't afford first homes, that mm. it's as relevant to question as... Can I buy a flying pig? Can I buy a second flying pig is the yeah, question. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. as realistic as that. Well, you know what's interesting about it, right? And I'm, I'm not like shilling for the Tories here. But there, there is, it was a thing for a long time. People renting out stuff, paying off the mortgage, all that stuff. Actually, and the Conservatives are quite embarrassed about this. They're the ones that have made it less profitable, actually. They've made there's a second home as premium, you know, where you have to pay a bit of money, actually, to the government if you're buying another home. Uh, you, there's no more interest relief on mortgages. And as I'm saying this, you're probably guessing, Jeff, are you one of these, these pricks hmm. in the second house? And yeah, I may or may not be. I may or may not be. But let me explain. When me and my wife wanted a new house, uh, we really wanted this house. She fell in love with it. It was the worst fucking thing that can happen when you're trying to buy a house. You lose well, it. What sold her on it? There's just a love thing that happens with women in houses. You just walk around, you see the eyes are gone, and you go, right, do not try and negotiate with the estate agent because the first house that we bought, my wife said, we'll take it. Right? With the estate <laughs> agent there. Right? Oh, great. This is a good negotiation position. She went, whatever the asking price is. And it was such no, a... No, you can't say that. Well, genuinely. So then it, we were so, like, bending over that the estate agent then said, well, knock a grand off. If an estate agent is telling you to lower your offer, you've fucked up. Oh, right? no. <laughs> Has she was, seen Selling Sunset? Come on. But that's the thing. So, so, so she's in love with it. So we are, we want this house. I want this house. Let's be honest. You know. um, but then we had to immediately do something to, to, to get the money. So, so we, we, so you we, bought a second house. Yeah, well, we, we rented out the one that we still own, so okay. you have to go through this process and stuff. But what's interesting, I think there's two things in this country. There's one, there's loads of people that own multiple properties, and they, I think that's where people don't give a shit, and that's where they're cynical. People like me that have one, I am so terrified of losing the people that stay in my house. I've never, never increased the rent. Do you know what I mean? I'm literally bringing them around fucking pastries in the morning because you just need that thing to tick over. So when we're talking about, I guess, implicitly, sort of landlords, I think there's two tiers of this, really. Are you, try- are you trying to Justify. make me sympathize with landlords of well, all people? I'm, I'm trying to, to, to make you or to even float the idea that there's two kinds, right? People that have got big portfolios of property where they stop thinking about people as humans and little old Jeff and his wife. Replace landlord with pedophile. dream home. <laughs> They're two types. Yeah. Landlords are pedophiles. I mean, that, is that what you said? Yes. You took it. You, you didn't just double down. 
If that was a casino, you've got every single position you ever <laughs> just scooped into the middle. Yeah. But, you know, you Maybe cut that out. That was funny. I thought that was funny. No, no. I don't think it was If funny. Jeff found it funny, that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a red flag. <laughs> um, but your generation, naturally, you, you view them a bit negatively, right? Yeah. I mean, because they... I guess because people can't get on the property ladder as is. Mm. And then there's these cannibalizing landlords that... Cannibalizing pedophile landlords. Oh, boy. <laughs> In a pizzeria uh, in Washington, D.C. Q sent me. <laughs> I mean, the other thing in this country, right, and it is a bit fucked, but a lot of the nation's wealth is bound up in bricks and mortar. It just is, you know. So it, there's, there, there's implications. If you then somehow crash the housing market to get young people on, there's a lot of other stuff that goes bad too. Mummy and daddy can't finance stuff. It's not like, what I'm saying, I guess, is there's not a silver bullet, you know. It's not a zero. So I'm so defending my position as a, I sound like the ultimate boomer at the moment. Going, look, what you got to understand is I don't want my situation to change. <laughs> so how can we change everything other than my specific individual situation? I see the problem and I have empathy, but I don't want to sacrifice anything. I'm listening. Is that fair? I'm learning. I'm listening. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what you do to call the housing market. I just, I, I genuinely don't. I'm so underinformed in this. All I know is that landlords are assholes. Landlords are, are yeah. All all landlords. Not hashtag. Not all landlords. Jeff, I, you're the exception that proves the rule. But that's what I mean. Is is like I I think that my, my, I've got I've got friends that also have like just one property that they rent out and stuff like that. They're the same. Like like there was one woman, uh, uh, someone who's very close to me. There was one woman who. Like um, her husband left her, and that person they they reduced the rent because she was such a nice person, and they because the problem is you don't know who the next tenant will be. Well, you're you sound like you're telling heartwarming stories about some Nazis about how a Nazi <laughs> saved a dog from drowning once. What is this? Hitler did love dogs. Oh God! And he was a vegetarian. Says it all really about uh. vegetarians. But I yeah I, I I get it. You know what? As I'm as I'm going through this subject, I do think it's nuanced and stuff. But I cannot think of if I was you, why I would have any reason to not just be furious. Oh, I am furious. Yeah. People need to be able to get on the property ladder, and now it's not feasible. But that's but that's quite a capitalist thing in and of itself. You know, do we get sold this idea? Don't we? Like in France, actually, in France, people just you know they're all fucking each other and renting and. And smoking. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. It does. But they, the truth is, actually, I don't, I don't think it's as true as people think. Is that I wouldn't smoke in my own house, but if I'm renting, I'll yeah. smoke in the landlord's house. Fuck the landlord. You, you, there have been these examples, haven't there, of, of landlords that have laid down rules that are so ridiculously specific that does suggest that they've got a bit above themselves. Because they're holding people hostage because they have no other choice. I mean, hostage, paedophile cannibalizing i'm just trying i have a little leg i have a list of words that i meant to shoehorn into this conversation <laughs> and society, i'm doing well the society of millennials has, has briefed you no but i mean look this is the thing about capitalism right which i believe in i believe that over the last 50 years globally it is less famine less war less pestilence all these things right but you've got to give young people skin in the game what possible reason would they have to buy into this thing it's not like an act of charity just because they sort of feel like, you know, older... Because the thing is, this generation of older people didn't even fight any fucking wars, did they? What I'm hearing is, like, the way that Netflix give you the first month for free, you need to give capitalism for free to young people to buy them in. Well, we've done that with kind of furlough to a point. We've dipped yeah. our toe in the water, but the problem is we broke the seal. People want free shit. Now, <laughs> heavy state intervention. 
And maybe it will be in the form of, rent, you know, rent controls. Do you think there should be rent controls? Yeah, definitely. How controlled? I think it has to it has to be directly in proportion with London living wage, surely. Mm. Right? Because you want it to be an affordable thing for people to do. You can't have people work in the city that they can't live in. Okay, no, I think that's fair. And now, further to that question, based on the papers I read, is it true that whatever money you saved, you would be spending on coffee and snacks? And avocados. And av- I didn't oh, want to God. say avocados. Avocados are so dated. I feel like that was like a thing 10 years ago. I'm sorry, avocados are fucking disgusting. <gasps> that's the most right-wing thing you've ever said. So, so, you are an avocado lover. I teased you out. It's like nature's butter. It's that's like a problem. block of butter growing on a tree. That's the problem with it. It's way too meaty for a, something of the earth. What is the equivalent somewhere in Peru where they eat avocado all the time, mm. everywhere? What did, how, what did they talk about? Celeriac? <laughs> Cauliflower? <Yeah>. Go- gooseberries. <laughs> elderflower. Yeah, like a Peruvian hipster eating elderflower, <laughs> drinking elderflower cordial. And then all, all, all the Peruvian topical shows, that's their go-to thing. <laughs> oh, you're spending all your, all, all your money on elderflower cordial? <laughs> yeah, fucking gooseberry pricks. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I I see. I'm good. This thing about comedy, right? Always best to be as honest as you can be, and I absolutely see the problem with like house prices and rental prices. But I don't fully support any of the measures to change it. You know, mm. so, mm. you need to invent a new one. You need to invent a new political and economical structure. Well, we just got to give. You know, real capitalism's never been tried. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> well, the socialists always say that, don't they? Yeah. The communists. I'm, I'm going to say the government are always getting involved. I What's mean, real ca- real capitalism? Just fucking everyone. Just it's like an orgy. But we we let that happen with big tech, and now everything is owned by one company. That's true. That is true. There, but that's not proper capitalism. What's proper capitalism? The good the good ones. <laughs> The Whitbread is. I I can sign under that. Yeah. Just, that, just pointing under everything and just being like, that's not. That's not actually what I was going for. Well, do you know what? We sort of got to, you know, this is this does come under capitalism. It's a very hard time to be centre-right because because of COVID and inflation, all that stuff, is a lot of the arguments that I've had my whole life. Right now, there's no real audience for those views. you got to go further left or further right. Well, you know, conservatism is all about pragmatism and the Overton window's already shifted. Government, a conservative government paid people's wages. I mean, that How point. many Overton windows do you have in your second property? How many? <laughs> <laughs> So what do you think about this thing about people buying second homes in like, you know, attractive holiday type places? You know, just to, because it's really nice for the kids when half time comes around, just go down to me, me, me. I mean, it's just disrupting a housing market in another country, isn't it? Well, even in the southwest of, you know, England. Which is a different country. Yeah, it called into them. <laughs> you know, they're Cornish separatists, right? Yeah. And Kentish racists. Um, (laughs) Tell me about Cornish separatists. Well, they are possibly the weirdest group of separatists uh, in Europe uh, where they they think the Cornwall should be like a a different country to England. Do you think that? that? Well, there's many many parts of the UK that feel that way. We're in Scotland currently. True. They're the least scary, I would say, 
The Cornish. If, yeah, if they were to sort of wage a mainland campaign. They would beat you in a surfing competition, Jeff. Yeah. Fair and square. Yeah, just loads of fucking stoner dudes just doing, <laughs> doing half pipes. I don't even know. I don't even know if that's a thing. <laughs> the Battle of Blue Crush. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all going like, all oh, these people coming down at weekends and that, you know, sort of traffic's fucking nightmare and all that. I go, yeah, but you don't mind they, the tourist income, do you? Look, they probably feel like the mistress of the UK. You only see them sometimes on the weekend when you feel like it. That's not nice. That shouldn't be nice. You say, oh, you say you're going to leave your wife and stay here forever? <laughs> Cornwall is the mistress of the UK. That is genius. <laughs> I think it's very interesting that in the first episode, mm. um, we both kind of skewed in the right wing perspective of polyamory being nonsense. Mm. And then, I'd say common sense, but if you want to characterize it as right wing. And the, and the second episode, mm. I, you have said some things that imply to me that you, you hold a more left wing view on second homes. Yeah, I'm really pissed off about this, but I do think realistically that capitalism in, in a sort of conventional sense is temporarily dead, which is not great for the brand. I'll be honest, Olga. But everybody loves a comeback, so fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, capitalism version 2.1 is going to be awesome. <laughs> 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 Fucking Gordon Gecko is back. You know what it's I mean? like when Take That came out with Shine. That was an incredible song, and Cap- that was a comeback. No Robbie Williams. They didn't need him. Capitalism needs to have his take that shine moment. Yeah. Little Mark it's Owen. now it's time to shine. Little man with a little voice. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Barlow needed to not pay tax. Um, there you go. This, this thing, people think that they are not celebrity conservatives. I know them. Did you know this? I've got a Tory dar, like a gay dar. I know, could I know you tell? them. Yeah, I can, and I can tell the ones in comedy. I'm not going to name names. Oh my God. I can tell the ones that will be conservative in about five years as well. Yeah. You know? There are there are certain certain comics. I get the so some some right wingers are comics that slide into the old DMs, little, <gasps> little political chit chats. For real? Yeah, yeah. I genuinely not do even they ask not, you not to tell? Yeah, of course they do. And <gasps> I, I, I oh my god, that's yeah, so cute. Yeah, so that's why I, I view this industry with utter cynicism. That's really funny. I yeah. I walk into a room and I think undercover rapists. You walk into a room and you say undercover Tories. They're often and the, the same, Venn diagram. They're often the same person. <laughs> You know, it's like, there's, there's a rule, uh, and Catherine Ryan, friend of the show, that she said, uh, which was, uh, the more speeches about feminism an entertainer does, the more, add one chaperone to the date for every time he mentions Oh, yeah. Feminism. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was me. I'm just like a prick on the front end. There's no, oh, oh, yeah, I'm an and arsehole. But you why Andy's here, of course. Yeah, that's but... why Andy's, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't say rapist. Women should just say sex offender. Oh, right. When it's a, ma- <laughs> when it's a man, Political it's a rapist. When it's a man, it's a rapist. When it's a woman, oh, she might have had her reasons, you know? (laughs) So in this section of the show, we're sort of considering things about our cultural communities and stuff that we might like to do that we sometimes envious of on the other side. Have you got anything this week? I'd love you to take me to an all-bar one. (laughs) Okay. So in what sense do you see that as culturally... Culturally quite right wing. And all bar ones are right wing. Yeah. Do you mean... The closest thing all bar one comes to socialism is happy hour. Is happy hour. Right. So you, do, when you say right wing, do you mean I think all the people there are pricks? Is that like a coded way? What I'm saying is <laughs> I wouldn't want to get into a debate with yeah. them about the Me Too movement. And, and if there was a modern beer hall putsch, those are the drinking establishments you think it would start in? 
Not your, not my words. Not my words. Not my so, words. Yeah. And not so much a beer putsch, but an apple teeny putsch. Well, if, if you are in of that mind, I would say that you're not going far enough there. I'll take you to the darts and not the, not the commercialized darts. I'm talking not like, like the flight club, like sort of after work. Yeah, no, no, we're da, going darts. Da, 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 da. I'm talking about the one that's in Frimley Green, the BDO. Everyone, all the competitors have some sort of blood pressure issues. You know, a lot of them, a lot of there's medics on hand, but mainly just for the players. And you go to darts and people love the darts. It's so, the 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 thing that they shout at the beginning to the audience, it's the worst call and response ever. They go, are you ready? Let's play darts. <laughs> so it doesn't even go up? No. <gasps> Let's play darts. <laughs> I love the, the syntactical weirdness of it. <sighs> Oh man! So I, 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 I will absolutely take me if, to the darts. If, if you want, if you want to have some proper, you know, can we go have an on location recording at the darts? British working class culture, you know that, and it's a good. And the thing is, the Ali Pally one that you get, you get the kind of ironic guys there. You know, the guys they're like, hmm, we're going to the darts. Those middle yeah. class blokes that say everything like they don't really mean it. Yeah, you know, guys. Yeah, no, right? I know exactly who. We're so talking I'll about. take you to the non ironic darts. I would love that more than anything. So when it, you know when it comes to your world, yeah, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to go on a march, you know, for what? for a thing, for something that you care about. Yeah, and do one of those really well. No, no, just like a thing, but like a left wing cause, and and do because I think that I'd like to help them with their chanting, because I don't think they're chanting because none of them have been a football. Are you ready for rights? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you ready? Let's impose rent caps. There we go. Yeah, that's great. I, and I would just like to like... As long as it doesn't make any musical sense, that's... Yeah, just doesn't scan. <laughs> and and I would like to... Oh yeah, I'd like to go go on a march and just like meet people and just go... Just like, you know, I just, just think someone needs to do something. Say something like that. Like I love your left-wing face. Yeah, just, you know, just really... <laughs> The eyebrows, you can tell. That's my, that's my uh, Tori Dar, is the eyebrows. The eyebrows going up. I, I think maybe that time's gone for me. I'm not saying I'm... I'm not well-known, well-known, but there'll be enough times that they'll be going, Tory out! And then I'd be chased in a sort of weird Benny Hill type thing <laughs> with me, me with a placard running. <laughs> so, what do you think this is? This is the most dangerous game, hunting Tories. Yeah. The camera's off. <laughs> secret, secret Tory. So yeah, I'll take you to the darts. You'll take me to a... To a march. To a march. And we'll, About we'll, how darts are actually quite problematic. Yeah, darts are fucking problematic. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please tune in to Late Night Mash, the TV show on Dave at 10 p.m. Thursdays. You can also stream it for free on UK TV Play if you're young and hip like me. Oh, caca. I'm not that old. I've streamed stuff. Documentaries about the war. So what if it was? And you know what? Even if you haven't enjoyed the podcast, tune into the show. A hell of a lot more money spent on a TV show. Yeah, the TV show is not filmed in a seedy hotel room, for instance. And I wish it were. Each week, our new host, Rachel Paris, is joined by a load of funny correspondents and a special guest, all giving their expert analysis on this week's news and everything else interesting going on in the world of culture, society, and showbiz. Jeff Norcott's on it sometimes. I'm on it. And we're funny, right? Right? Right. You're great, Olga. We're good together, actually. We could become a powerful double act, like Benefer. We could call ourselves Norcock. Jeffka? Maybe. Late Night Mash, Thursdays at 10 on Dave and streaming on UKTV Play.
Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to nose around a comedian's house, take their stuff and see how much money you can make by selling it? No, that's a pretty niche thing, to be honest. A bit creepy, really. But that's the premise of Dave's brand new comedy podcast, Hard Sell, with me, Josh Jones. And me, Darren Harrier. We're going to travel the country, visiting the homes of different comedians, chatting about their spending habits before grabbing one of their favourite possessions and giving ourselves one week to try and sell it for charity in a competition to see who can raise the most money. It's a right laugh, as we get to meet amazing funny people like Kima Bob, Joel Domit, Rhea Lena, Ivo Graham, Josh Pugh and lots more. But also sort of like an incredibly stressful cheese dream where we're trying to shift what are essentially stolen goods against the clock. It's <laughs> bonkers. Hard Sell with Josh Jones. And Darren Harrier. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.